Hi there, my name is Justin and I am a current CT1. Hi, I'm Tom, I'm a respiratory registrar. So welcome to the Optimize interview uh, IMT knowledge video section. Uh, so today we'll be talking about uh, pneumonia. Um, so this is a very common station in the IMT interviews uh, and it normally starts off as a cap and as you sort of look more and more into it they start showing features of sepsis and I think that's that's quite a common scenario. Uh, so it is sort of fairly basic in terms of what you would be expected to know as an IMT or an SHO and you will be expected to be able to manage this sort of fairly efficiently. Um, and as I mentioned, the scenario typically requires uh, escalating. For instance, patient might have some features of shock or have a BP that's unresponsive to IV fluids or initial management. So you need, just need to be wary about this, keep this in mind in your head and know when to make a timely referral and escalation. So in terms of the assessment of uh, pneumonia, so you want to be able to take a good history and part of that is uh, being able to sort of expand on whatever symptoms it is that they come in with most commonly shortness of breath and cough uh, so you want to know whether or not their cough is productive whether or not they're they're bringing up any phlegm uh, and whether or not there are any sort of features of infection with the phlegm for instance change in color uh, thickness or uh, quantity over time uh, other things that you want to think about is pleuritic chest pain as well, which sometimes people can have with a cap, but also thinking about other important respiratory symptoms such that you are ruling out um, other potential causes, uh, for instance, hemoptysis or unintentional weight loss or uh, night sweats. Uh, you want to consider systemic features uh, like chills, rigors, fever, malaise, which, which is very common uh, with CAP. Um, but you also might want to show some sort of higher level understanding of CAP by showing that you can think about sort of atypical symptoms as well uh, of pneumonia, for instance, um, diarrhea or confusion in Legionella or perhaps sore throat and headache in, in mycoplasma. Again, these are not particularly specific, but mentioning that you're thinking about symptoms of atypical pneumonia it's definitely something that, that might get you those extra marks uh, on the IMT interview. Um, yeah, sorry, Tom, you were going to say something here, are you? Um, no, ju ju just because you mentioned, um, mentioned Legionella, the one thing I would mention for any exam or interview is um, always make a point of asking, have they been to any you know, hotels or conference centres? Um, because that's a risk factor for Legionella. Um, doesn't really happen in real life, but certainly in exams and interviews. Yeah, so uh, yeah, other things to think about are, you know, whether they've got any close contacts, what their home circumstances like, you know, are they living in, for instance, a nursing home? Uh, any recent travel, you mentioned, Tom, about sort of potentially um, crowded areas, high risk areas for, for Legionella, but also if, you know, they're going to any sort of endemic places for, for other things uh, as well. Um, any pre-existing lung conditions uh, would be quite important to know as well if they've got uh, sort of pre-existing COPD or asthma um, that might make the severity of cap a bit more. 
uh, whether they've got any allergies might be important. So if they've got a pen penicillin aller uh, allergy, that might affect what your antimicrobial choice is like. Um, and also determining the, the nature of, of what their uh, uh, pneumonia is, whether or not it's a HAP, whether it's a CAP, or whether it's sort of more likely the aspiration pneumonia, as this might affect uh, your choice of antibiotics as well. Um, One other thing I would have there is um, just keep keep some other things in mind. You mentioned atypicals, but you know if the history has been dragging on for um, you know weeks to months um, and productive cough hemoptysis, then obviously TB can be a um, consideration as well. Um, so in terms of the examination, so. In, in the interview, I would probably always advise you to use the A to E approach just so it's nice and structured. Uh, but things to mention within that A to E approach, uh, some examination things is uh, definitely knowing what their vital science status is like, because that will give you an idea of, you know, their hemodynamic uh, stability. So whether or not they've got a low blood pressure or whether or not they're tachycardic. But also looking at their breathing in terms of what's their uh, SpO2 and what's their respiratory rate as well. Uh, approaching the bed, you want to assess them from the bedside to look at their work of breathing, uh, whether or not they're using any accessory muscles at all, uh, and looking around the bedside as well, um, whether or not they're on oxygen. Um, during your overall assessment of the patient, uh, you want to check for any potential external sources of infection. So have they got any lines in, any long-term lines, for instance? Uh, have they got any catheters, any breaks in skin? Um, and uh, in terms of uh, percussion, sometimes you might get a bit of a dullness to percussion if you've got a pneumonia. Uh, and on auscultation, specific to cap, you sometimes want to look at their air entry as well, whether that's reduced uh, on one side compared to the other and whether or not they've got any crackles on one the, side. The, the, the other thing which you'd want to um, find or rule out on examination would be um, whether there's any pneumonic effusion as well, which could obviously complicate uh, pneumonias and would be important to know about. Uh, in terms of the investigations, uh, Probably most importantly, you probably want a chest x-ray. Um, if they're unwell, septic, on oxygen, then definitely consider a portable chest x-ray. Um, so what you'll be looking for in a chest x-ray is, is any evidence of consolidation. Um, with the bloods, you'll definitely want a full blood count to check for any white, uh, raised white cells, so any leukocytosis. Uh, but in atypical pneumonias as well, I think you can sort of see perhaps uh, you'd want to know what their lymphocytes are like as well, potentially. Um, use and ease, you would, it's important, knowing the urea is important for the, to, to, for risk scoring. So if you want to look at the PERB 65 score, uh, you'd want to know what the urea is. Uh, CRP is important uh, just as an sort of overall marker of uh, infection or inflammation. And LFTs as well uh, is also something that can be sometimes abnormal uh, in patients with atypical pneumonia. So it's probably good to get as baseline. Uh, and the last thing from a blood's point of view is, is a lactate. So 
uh, for prognostication, especially if they've got features of sepsis, which they most probably will have in, in the interview stem. So uh, definitely mention a lactate. Um, if they're pyrexial, think about blood cultures. So see if they've got a bacteremia and that will help guide antibiotic therapy as well as sputum culture if they are bringing up any sputum. Uh, other bits in terms of the investigation to consider is if they've got features of atypical pneumonia to consider urinary antigen testing. So this might give you uh, an idea of whether they've got Legionella or pneumococcus. Um, and you think about viral PCR testing as well, uh, as well as a COVID swab. The other thing I would um, would add, particularly if um, you know they're young and sick, is a HIV test as well. Yeah, Always. definitely, definitely. That's a first presentation of, of HIV. Uh, so moving on to management. Um, so again, so thinking about side room, uh, your local infection control policy, uh, whether or not, you know, if they are suspected COVID, then definitely follow follow whatever the, the trust guidance is on that, whether or not they need to be isolated. Um, and if they are septic, I mean, I always kind of go with the uh, sort of give three, take three kind of approach. Uh, and that's particularly helpful at, at an SHO level. So um, give three is the three things that you will give to them um, if they are septic. So that's give them oxygen, um, give them IV fluids uh, and give them IV antibiotics. And take three refers to what you take from the patient. So you take cultures. Uh, you take their urine output and that might mean uh, catheterizing the patient if they're unwell so you can monitor their ins and outs uh, accurately and the last thing you'd want to take is their lactate as well and this will help with prognostication um, i just want to mention antibiotics as well so these again can vary based on sort of local sensitivities and there'll be different trust guidance as to what kind of antibiotics you'll use um, sometimes this is guided by the CURB 65 score. Um, so, you know, important to determine what that is. And in the interview, maybe just mentioning that you would use antibiotics based on, you know, what the local sensitivities are or what the trust guidance is, rather than sort of uh, mentioning a, a particular uh, antibiotic. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And for the for the CURB 65, I think it is definitely definitely valuable to learn the exact cutoffs um for the curb 65 score as well because they may well give you um all of the observations and blood test results required to calculate it in the interview and ask you what the curb score is um and just being familiar with it and being able to just give it straight off the bat will you know um make you look better um I mean, curb curb sixty five score is useful. In my mind, essentially, it's a score of the number of organ dysfunctions that you have, um, and it's obviously associated with mortality. So, the more uh, the more points you score, the more organ dysfunctions you have, slash the older you are, um, and the higher your mortality. And um, so, it is well validated. Um, so, I think maybe the last thing to mention is. Uh, because the patient will almost certainly be unwell, uh, so as an IMT or an SHO, you will almost certainly want to escalate the patients uh, in your interview scenario. 
So knowing uh, who are the patients at high risk, whether they've got any red flag features, um, thinking about the broader kind of things gets you extra marks as well, like uh, whether or not what their resuscitation status is, uh, whether the, or not they'd be a candidate for, for HDU or ITU. Um, are things to think about that that if you mention might might get you know get you those extra marks on the interview. Definitely, I mean um, pneumonia is obviously one of the um, biggest causes of death uh, worldwide. Um, so it's important to make sure that people have appropriate escalation plans um, in conjunction with um, with your seniors. The things which would make you worry, you know, aside from a high curb sixty five score, high news score, you know, a high oxygen requirements. Um, you know, not able to maintain SATs despite 40 or 60 percent oxygen um, or any evidence of, you know, septic shock, hypotension, etc., which might need um, ICE management of sepsis, etc. Um, but, you know, important to think about those things are A, are they needed? B, are they appropriate? Um, and um, make a decision in conjunction with seniors, including about um, resuscitation status. Great. So, Tom, if you just want to give us a, a quick sort of recap summary of the key points of managing pneumonia. Yeah, sure. Um, so pneumonia is obviously a very, very common um, diagnosis on the medical take. It's important that you know it inside out, really. Um, things in the history, uh, you want to confirm the diagnosis. You want to um, try to give any clues about the etiology, for example, any uh, atypical features or non-specific features, particularly in elderly people, um, any infectious contacts. Um, and then in terms of examination, you want to know their observations, signs to confirm the diagnosis, any suggestions on examination of complications. Um, confirm the diagnosis with x-ray, um, get appropriate um, blood tests done, send off appropriate microbiology samples um, and treat according to local um, antibiotic guidelines, um, taking into account their severity score, such as the curve 65, and making escalation plans appropriately and just ensuring that you communicate all of that to the um, to the examiners and you'll do fine. That's great. Well, thank you very much, Tom. Thank you. Bye bye.